Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. I really just wanted people to to respect me, to find that I actually had value and that I could do things, right? All of that. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, well women. Welcome to the show. Welcome back for those of you who are regulars and welcome to the new listeners. If you are a woman who is ambitious and has maybe been criticized for being overly ambitious or bossy or uh, owning your space or just frankly wanting to be heard and seen, this show is for you. I am speaking with Shelly Arshembo. Uh, who's an experienced CEO and board director with a track record of accomplishments building brands and high-performance teams. She currently serves on the board of Verizon and Nordstrom, among others. And she's a strategic advisor to Forbes, Ignite, and president of Arizona State University and serves on the board of two national nonprofits, Catalyst and Braden. Shelley Archambeau has over 30 years experience in technology, and she just has so much, so much experience, so much to say. She's the author of Unapologetically Ambitious, Take Risks, Break Barriers, and Create Success on Your Own Terms. So we talked today about why wanting recognition isn't a bad thing, how Shelley struggled with white culture, and why we should be unapologetically ambitious. You can find notes from today's show at wellwomanlife.com slash 238show. And you can continue the conversation with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash community. And the Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. Okay. And I'm speaking with Shelly Archambeau this morning. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, Giovanna. So as we heard in your introduction, you have a lot going on. And rather than talking about all your titles and all the wonderful things, I'd love for us to start by just telling listeners, who are you in the world today? Oh, my goodness. Who am I in the world? I am a I'm a businesswoman that frankly is trying to impact and inspire. That's that's who I am today. Okay, good. Yeah. And that's reflected in your book, of course, which we'll definitely talk about, Unapologetically Ambitious. So you are a businesswoman who is committed to inspiring, is what you just said, but you didn't start off with that goal, right? Like you started off in like in business and you've been in technology uh, for like 30 years. So uh, walk us through just a little bit of your story about how you came like, how you came to be such a powerful CEO and then moving into this this other work that you're doing. Absolutely. So I'm actually a bit unusual in that I decided in high school that I wanted to be a CEO. <laughs> Not that I knew what that actually meant, but I had a guidance counselor. You know, you have that obligatory junior year conversation. Do you want to go to college? What do you plan to do afterwards, right? And I knew I wanted to go to college, but honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she asked me, what do you like to do? And I said, oh, clubs, you know, French club, American field service, national honor society, you name it. And I was involved and I loved leading them. And she goes, well, you know, clubs are kind of like business. 
pull people together, get stuff done. I said, oh, great. I like running clubs. I'm going to go run a business. And when I looked up, the people who run businesses were called CEOs. So I set that as my aspiration and my target (laughs) at ripe old age of 16. That's so incredible. And I also, I read in your book that Girl Scouts had a big impact on your initial like early leadership development. And that caught my eye because I, my daughter is in Girl Scouts and I was a Girl Scout. So talk about just kind of like that moment when you realized like, oh, I can be a leader here Mm. by organizing these camping trips. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's really what it was. You know, Girl Scouts, you always have the um, activities and camping is a big part of it. And when you're doing these activities, one of the things that scouting tries to do is to enable the girls to actually get involved in the planning and coordination. Scouting played a big role, actually, in helping me develop and really understand this whole notion of leadership. It's really great that one of the things that they do in Girl Scouts is they really encourage the girls to take responsibility for elements of planning, of executing, et cetera. And what I found was I actually enjoyed the whole planning and coordination. And then I learned that, gosh, if I actually took the lead in planning, then I could decide what I did versus what other people did. That was pretty cool because then I could pick the things that I like to do. <laughs> I also found that I was pretty good at actually getting other people to do things and pulling teams together. So yeah. scouting played a big role. Yeah, it's incredible how actually how how good those lessons are, really. You know, like I'm revisiting a lot of those lessons with my daughter who's in, in Girl Scouts, as I mentioned. And, you know, a, a, a lot of these lessons, honestly, we we should revisit as, a, as adult leaders because, you know, just some basic things like delegating rather than trying to do everything, right? Like really, really good lessons about leadership. But I wanted to ask you when you described your experience that moment when you realized you liked being a leader and an organizer, you also said something that really was intriguing to me, which was that you realized that you really craved recognition. Mm -hmm. And that really goes along with your title, which is like unapologetically ambitious, like you crave that recognition. Have you have you dived into that as far as like why you reckon why you craved that that recognition and where that came from? What's the root of that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the interesting side effects of writing the book was actually spending so much time reflecting and trying to understand the what's and the why's. And that whole need that I had for recognition and for acknowledgement really had to do with ultimately respect. I grew up in the 60s in elementary school and my family moved to an area of California, um, a suburb that was not diverse at all. I was the only black girl in my in my whole grade, maybe even in the school. And because it was the 60s, it was racially charged. For as many people that wanted civil rights, you had as many that didn't. So people let me know in very real terms, they really didn't care for me. They didn't think I would amount to much. And you know, respect, oh, I was definitely not getting respect. So That really set a stage for me that I really just wanted people to to respect me, to find that I actually had value and that I could do things, right? All of that. So now move forward, Girl Scouts and some of the things I got involved in actually helped me with that outlet. And so when you say, when I tell people that, you know, I crave the, the recognition for what I'm doing, 
it's because I was deprived of it, frankly, um, by society when I was younger. Yeah. And so, and it's such a great thing to reflect on. And because, you know, it's, it's very common that we find the root, the root of some of these things really comes down to a basic handful of, of things that, you know, stem from when we were young, like, did we feel valued? Did we feel worthy? Did we feel loved? Or, or, you know, all of those, all of those basic things. So you like fast forward, then you ended up going into deciding to be a CEO. You mentioned that you were the only black girl in your class, perhaps in the school. How, how did that impact your, your journey? And, and just, I'm just going to ask you, very straightforwardly, have you felt that you have had to uh, really mold yourself into the mainstream white culture in order to succeed? You know, that's an interesting question. I definitely felt that way early in my career. I mean, early in my career, here's the um, 80s. And literally, or I'm working for IBM, or suits with pastel blouses and silk bow ties, just like the guys had their suits, their cotton shirts, right, and the ties. Talk about mimicking what people look like. And I say people, it was the white men, right? What they look like. It was complete. So yes, in the beginning, I felt like I had to act like them and be like them, et cetera. But then I realized that honestly, I didn't have to. I didn't have to. I needed to be professional for sure. I needed to understand and work within the culture, right, of the company, because every company has its own culture. But I was most effective when I was just me. And it's when you realize that, to me, it's just empowering because it enables you to truly use and leverage all that you can bring to the table versus trying to fit everything through somebody else's mold, right? Or somebody else's um, set of paradigm. So yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. But in the beginning, I didn't know that. And most people don't when they get started. Yeah, we really investigate that to great depths here on this show and in this community of women. Um, And so I find it fascinating. And do you think that you had to, uh, you had to progress to a certain level in your work in order to come to that conclusion and in, in order to change things? Because at first, it's like you had to mold yourself in order to get to the level where you then could have the independence and the confidence and the autonomy to just be you? Mm. You know, it's interesting. I don't know that it's so much level as it is experiencing success, right? And in doing what you're doing. So I don't know that you have to reach like a director to suddenly have, here's the confidence, but I do think you need to experience success. And sometimes that goes with level, but honestly, not, not always. Um, so I think it comes down to experience success. It's realizing that you can make an impact, realizing that people do want to follow your lead, right? All, all of those kinds of things. It's much more tangible than just a title. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like the women I have on this show have come to the place of you know, really connecting with their power internally um, instead of just the external, right? The external being the title or the accolades or, or whatever else, the salary. But when you really come to it internally and really feel and know at such a deep level 
that you are successful, that you have value, that you have worth, that you have something to offer. That's when that confidence really shines. Yeah, I agree. And for most people, we have more power than we realize. Uh, So that's something that I'm I'm a big proponent of helping people realize that they have more power. Yeah. So let's talk about your book and then we'll, we'll go into the segment called superpowers for success in just a moment. But what do you most want people to, to know or take away from your book? Unapologetically ambitious. Mm -hmm. I want people to realize that they can achieve the aspirations they have in life, professionally and personally. I want them to know that. And then in the book, I give all kinds of tools and takeaways, suggestions, frameworks, all kinds of things to help people actually do just that. But my my ambition, if you will, for the book and for putting it out there is that more people will actually be able to achieve their goals, will be able to impact what they want to impact, to achieve what they want to achieve, to create what they want to create. That's what I want to see. Okay, great. And um, yeah, it, it does take believing that you can do it. Uh, Because you can have all the tools and information in the world, right? But if you don't believe, if someone's not telling you, yes, this is possible for you, uh, it it doesn't matter how many tools you have access to. So who was that person for you? Was there someone that said, yes, Shelly, you can do this? There were a lot of, honestly, there were a lot of people that were my, I call them cheerleaders. And I think it's so important for everybody to have cheerleaders in their lives. But the people that are building you up, reminding you what you can do when you're feeling like you can't, you know, so my cheerleaders early were my parents for sure. And, um, and my husband was a tremendous cheerleader for me and friends and mentors, you know, et cetera. But one of the reasons I wrote the book, Giovanna also was I wanted to share that there's nothing special about me. You know, I'm meaning I grew up in a very modest means um, I had lots of challenges because of how I grew up and where I grew up. I had no business becoming a tech CEO or a Fortune 500 board member, right? No business if you look at what my profile was and everything else, but I did. And so if I can do it, then anybody who is intentional and willing to do the work can do it. And that's really why I put it down there because you're right. If you can't imagine it for yourself, then you certainly can't do it. So I was hoping that by sharing all of it, I tried to be very open and transparent in the book um, that people would see that, goodness, well, Shelly could do it, then I can do it. Yeah, I, I think nowadays women don't only want that 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 um, success in their career. They also want success in their personal life. and And it's like we want it all, right? Like we want the successful career and professional life, but we also want to find love and to have a family if that's what we want. Not everybody wants that, but we want, you know, happiness and wellness and health, right? And so um, has that been part of your journey as well? For sure. Absolutely. So when I set the goal to become CEO, honestly, as I got into college, it was a couple of goals that I had that I was trying to figure out how to achieve all at the same time. Yes, I wanted to be a CEO, but I did also want to find love and marriage and I wanted a life partner. I wanted someone for the rest of my life. Um, And if we could, I wanted children. So yes, I wanted all that. So I put all those out there as my goals. 
And then here's the key. And this is what I talk about in the book. I ask myself, what has to be true for me to achieve all that? And I do the research, right? So, I mean, because I don't know what has to be true. So I've got to do the research. Research is finding people who are CEOs. Okay, what's their background? What's their career trajectory, right? What kind of family lives do they have, et cetera? Then, you know, people who've had long-term marriages, right? What works and what doesn't work? Paying attention, looking to see, I mean, it's all those things. And then based upon that, I say, okay, so that's what has to be true. How do I make it true? And the how do I make it true is being intentional, putting together a plan to say, okay, here's how I get the skills and the experience that I need. How do I make it true? Let me figure out what I need in a life partner. And let me use that as a framework for how I decide who I ultimately partner with. So I think that we can actually improve the odds to get what we want if we actually spend time doing that. People spend more time planning a vacation than they do planning their lives. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great place to to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the segment called Superpowers for Success with Shelly Archambault. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easefully find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, out perfectionism and insecurity. The result? You get to live your well woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. I'm back with Shelly Archambault. And Shelly, we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success. I'm going to ask you a few quick questions that will deepen listeners' understanding of everything we've already talked about. The first question is, what does success in life mean for you? Success means that I have achieved the things that I've been trying to achieve in a way that I'm proud of. Nice. I love that. Very, uh, very clear. And, And that makes me think all of what you've talked about, you know, making the plans, executing, doing the research, figuring it out. It takes a real level of clarity. Um, and focus. And you said, oh, well, people spend, you know, more time planning their vacations than they plan their lives. It's so interesting, because it's true. There's, you know, there, there can be clarity and focus to plan the vacation. But when it comes to our lives, we're like all over the place. And we don't remember, you know, the commitment we made yesterday, and we can't do it today. And we get all foggy and fuzzy about it. Um, I, I want to ask you, when did you know, you were really good at what you do? You know, I, I think what I'm going to reframe it a little bit because I don't know that so much good at what you do because I've done a lot of things. So it wasn't a a fixed thing. But when I realized that if I put my mind to it, I could figure it out. That was really the key. That was the, that was the unlock, right? The unlock is, okay, if I really put my mind to it, I'll figure out how to do this job, or I will figure out how to make this happen, or I will figure out once 
once I got that, that gave me the level of confidence and willingness to take risks that's required to really be able to move forward and achieve things. Okay. And can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything you do in your life? Exercise. Exercise. I'm a big believer in exercise. Even during times of COVID, before COVID, I used to go to the gym on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, I miss the gym. It's not the same working out at home with a Peloton app. (laughs) But exercise is, is key to me. Okay. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Mm. Well, I'm going to answer this a little differently too. I think I have two superpowers, but I don't think I was born with them. Uh, One is courage. And the second is discipline. Courage. I don't think anybody's born with courage. Mother nature makes sure of that because as human beings, we can't protect ourselves. So we are flight animals. So courage is a muscle you have to exercise and build and strengthen. And courage is something, again, because of how I grew up, I had to develop. And then I learned that by being courageous, it tended to attract other people. You know, people want to be around other people who show courage. So I kept working on building it and making it stronger and stronger. So the good news is you can actually decide what you want your superpower to be. It's a muscle. Just use it, work on it, practice it, and you can have that as, a, as your superpower. Yeah, absolutely. And we we definitely talk a lot about developing those kinds of things. Um, And at the same time, we also really, it's really important to recognize those things that we are born with. And a lot of times those superpowers can be the opposite of what we were told our weakness was, right? Like, oh, you're too bossy, you're too loud. And and then you you end up finding that your superpower is that you're a great leader and a great listener and and all these things. So was there something that you just felt was just part of you always? Yes. Uh, giving. I want to be helpful. I absolutely want to be helpful. And what I found is because I want to be helpful, it enables me to create strong relationships. It enables me to build a network. It, enable, it enables a number of things, but those that isn't what I had in mind at all. I just really tried to be helpful. But I bet you had to set some boundaries around that, right? Oh, yeah. My, oh, listen, <laughs> I'm still working on that. Because yeah. the hardest thing when you want to be helpful and help everybody is indeed just that. I actually talk about it in the book. I went through a period where I totally, totally wore myself out because I was giving all of me away. And that doesn't work. So I learned the hard way. That doesn't work. You have to practice self-care while you're helping others. Yeah. Okay. A couple of last quick questions here. What advice would you give your 25 or 30-year-old self? Make sure people know what you do. In our culture, it's you know very common and expected that if you meet somebody for the first time, you say, oh, Giovanna, nice to meet you. What do you do? And people usually respond, oh, I am the director of operations for XYZ company okay, you actually haven't said a thing. For as much as we fight for titles, they are meaningless. They are meaningless outside of that particular company or even that division because the roles and responsibilities under that title can be completely different, company to company, division to division. So take 20 seconds and say, I am the vice president of operations for XYZ company. I'm responsible for our strategic partnerships and supply chain for all the blah, 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 blah. Why do you say that? Because now people walk away knowing your skills, knowing some of your capabilities, so they can keep you in mind. Somebody will say, you know, I'm looking for somebody that can help me with 
a global supply chain rollout, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I just talked to Giovanna. She does that. <laughs> Let me connect you. Whereas if all I heard, you're a director of operations, you're not coming to mind. Hmm. Okay. Shelly, do you identify as a feminist? I think everybody should be a feminist. Yes, is my answer. Okay, good. And then last question, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? So I am an audible listener. I I read an audible. Right now I'm doing audible. Um, And Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. All right. So uh, I've been speaking with Shelly Archambault. And her book is Unapologetically Ambitious, Take Risks, Break Barriers, and Create Success on Your Own Terms. Shelly, it's been so fun having you on the show. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.